Insert silly entrance here. Oh, those are stage directions. Oh, I shouldn't have read it like that. I should have just done Who's the idiot who wrote? Oh, wait, I wrote this. I am dumb. Well, I guess there's no other way to say it, but hi, and welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSIP Foundation. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of October. The year is 2018. Um, as always, you can check us out, osipfoundation.org, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, Twitter at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game, or email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Don't forget that on the website, you can submit your sportsmanship story for us to examine and possibly even bring you on the show. Uh, joining me as always, the producer engineer of the show. Today, he's on the ground because Andy Sandberg threw him there. Mr. Sean Ryan, hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I have to reach the mic. I have to lean in to reach the microphone we're, every time I want to talk. We're in a very special location today. Apparently, we're doing all these remotes. Yet only, we're actually, really only 15 feet or so from where we normally are. I wouldn't even say it's 15 feet. It's probably 15 15, feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who am I to judge your ability to measure distances? With your eyeballs. I have pretty bad depth perception. Wow. Well, and then th- that makes me look like a fool. <laughs> it oh. does look like 15, though. Uh, sure. At least from where I'm sitting. It, on the ground. This is really <laughs> interesting conversation right here. This is gold star material uh, right here. All right. Let's jump right into it. Um, first off, let's give some shout-outs to uh, some of our friends. Uh, first of all, a, a big endorsement to T-Mac and Gill over at Close Call Sports for the Left Field podcast. I'm not the Left Field, the, the Plate Meeting plod- podcast. Uh, not a podcast. The Plate Meeting podcast. Say that ten times, plate. ten times fast. You can't even do it's, that. I can't even say ten times fast, ten times uh, fast. Okay. Let's just quit right now. All right. Okay. <laughs> Bye. The Plate Meeting podcast uh, from Close Call Sports and the Umpire Ejection Fantasy League. Uh, we want to give them a, a, a plug. They are our partners now. Uh, we have we have begun working with them. Uh, be sure to check out uh, their podcast. They just released another episode. They've got a couple more in the works. And um, fantastic conversations uh, with former umpires and other people in the officiating ward, world. Uh, so you don't want to miss any of that. Uh, you can check them out on iTunes and wherever else you find your podcasts. Once again, that's the Plate Meeting Podcast, a production of the Left Field Corner and Close Call Sports. Uh, so check that out. Also, I want to uh, start off by giving a plug to uh, hazingprevention.org, which is another group that we have uh, created a relationship with. They have just recently wrapped up their annual national hazing prevention week uh which was the last week of september um they do a fantastic job in spreading awareness of uh how we need to eliminate hazing in all capacities uh and we we uh stand with them fully as hazing is uh really a specific form of poor sportsmanship um and it doesn't just apply to sports uh you see it a lot in the greek life uh and really anywhere there's a quote-unquote club of sorts uh, as the potential for that, and um, you know we we firmly stand with them in saying that there is no place for hazing 
uh, in the in in this world. Um, you know, we we specifically you know request to these uh, these professional sports leagues that they adhere to this and they stop the the hazing and um, set examples for others. You know, if if Major League Baseball has such a a big um, relationship with shred hate to to end bullying and things like that, uh, this goes right along with it. Uh, there is no place for um, even accepted hazing. Even if people want to be hazed, there's no place for it because it, it sets an incredibly bad example for our youth in saying that the, uh, the, the way you treat other people doesn't matter um, and that you can dominate them and degrade them and, um, that's, and that's okay and it's not. So we, we fully stand with you guys as well and want to make sure that uh, people check that out, hazingprevention.org. On uh, Twitter, I believe it's at uh, Prevent Hazing. So uh, good job to you guys as well, and uh, and we're with you all the way. So now that we got all the good stuff out of the way, let's jump into the bad stuff. Let's start with a little DQ review. Great. All right. So this one happened just recently. <coughs> um, the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays were wrapping up their series in St. Petersburg uh, last week, and... Um, there was a situation where uh, CC Sabathia was ejected for uh, plunking uh, Jesus Sucre, the uh, catcher for the Rays, in retaliation for hit batsman. Um, to give you the, uh, the 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 summary of the background, throughout the course of that four-game series, uh, there there were some hit batsmen. I, I wouldn't say that anything seemed egregious to me, and I watched all the games pretty religiously. Um, nothing stood out as intentional or ridiculous. And uh, in Thursday's game, the final game of the series, um, Sabathia hit uh, Jake Bowers on the raise, to which point Andrew uh, Kittridge decided to take matters into his own hands and throw a ball up and in to Austin Romine. Uh, it didn't hit him, but that started the tensions, and at which point both benches were warned. Uh, and then, which in which game out of the four games? This series? is the final game. Okay. Uh, and then uh, in the top of the, or the bottom of the sixth inning, the first pitch from Sabathia hit Sucre. To which point, home plate umpire Vic Carapaza ejected Sabathia and Aaron Boone immediately. Uh, there was no bench clearing brawl, although it looked like both teams were ready to uh, storm the field. As uh, Sabathia walked off the field calmly with no objection. Um, he pointed to the, uh, the raised dugout and said, uh, that's for you, and then used an expletive, and I believe also made an obscene gesture towards them. Um, walked off the field and uh, just went right into the clubhouse. He was fine for that, right? Well, he will be. I don't know if it's come out yet, but every ejection comes with a fine. So Wait For that. For that well, for, you know, listen, to me... Uh, I mean, this, what's what's really unacceptable about this is you are X number of, of days from the playoffs, and now uh, you could put your roster in jeopardy for the playoffs because you decided to, to, to quote-unquote, stand up for your teammates. And everyone on the Yankees and in the press and the media and whatnot surrounding them have all been applauding CeCe Sabathia, saying, here's a real teammate who stands up for his guys, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I have to take umbrage with that. There is n- umbrage. Umbrage. That's a that's an SAT word, right? Yeah. Okay. Issue. Issue. Yes. Interesting. Thank you. I have to use that more. There is no place for this, 
and to to just accept that quote unquote plunking is part of the game is an immature and uh, idiotic viewpoint that has not evolved. It is basically the caveman opinion of of baseball in that it's an eye for an eye. You hit my guy, I hit yours. It is ridiculous. It is unsportsmanlike. And uh, I have lost a lot of respect for CC Sabathia. And especially since you can hit someone by accident, mm-hmm. you know. And if and if you and the more you do it, obviously the more it's going to be miscon. The more likely it, it to be misconstrued. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, and and the response mm-hmm. to that, which again is very short sighted, is we'll then learn to pitch better. To which it's like, I'm sorry, some days you just don't have it. You know, some days you don't, and and it's not like when you, you know, it's not like when people do that, like every pitch is up and in or at the head or anything like that. You know, sometimes you you lose control and, you know, your breaking ball hits a guy in the foot, you know. Um, It's going to happen. You know, sometimes you need to pitch inside in order to get, you know, leverage in a particular at bat and maybe you graze the uniform of a hitter. You know, uh, this stuff happens. It's part of the game that batters get hit. What should not be part of the game is to say, we're going to retaliate to protect our players. It is absolutely ludicrous and uneducated and stupid that this is still part of, of our belief system. And I challenge anybody to, to argue that. I challenge anybody to take the opposing opinion. Because if you do, I'm sorry. I think you're wrong. I think, and and I mean, I'm I'm getting passionate about this because mm-hmm. I really need to protect myself from saying something that I'm going to regret later. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And to to make matters even more complicated, CC Sabathia was two innings away from reaching a milestone in that season, which is, I believe, 155 innings pitched. Had he reached that milestone? it would have kicked in a $500,000 performance bonus that he would have received. So he basically said, the heck with $500,000, I'm protecting my players. Which, in, on one hand, is noble. But it doesn't even hold... It's not even a drop in the ocean to, to the reality of the situation. Not only does it, does it you know, not even stand up to everything that I just said, but, okay, Sabathia, you don't need the $500,000. I do. OSIP does, yeah. You know, so so you might think five hundred thousand dollars is nothing. Yet to, to yet to some of us, we're like that's that's a that's a game changer. You know, I thought of a great idea. Tell him to donate donate to us. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Proceeds for or a portion of every fine due to poor sportsmanship should go to our organization. It really should. It really should. I've already I, from it from professional sports teams. I, I think I think it should. I really think I mean I mean I mean because then we have we continue to get the funding we need to communicate our message mm-hmm. right and it shows people that you know one person's misfortune maybe they can learn from it yeah and one person's misfortune could be another person's benefit but in the way that they're learning right you know not not in a negative way furthermore I was thinking about what you were just saying, you know, about retaliation. If he hadn't retaliated and, you know, if, if the, if, 
you know, if, let's say if the other guy, the other pitcher, who was the other pitcher? Well, in the, the the guy who almost hit Romine was Andrew Kittridge, okay, which was a reliever so he, for the Rays. All right. Well, if another pitcher from the Rays hit someone again, mm-hmm. there would be consequences for them anyway. Right. Why? I would rather have a you know I would rather have a consequence for one team because they kept doing the wrong thing. Right. Then a consequence for both teams being warned, and now they're all both in the spotlight. We, you know, we say it all the time. The best retaliation, the best revenge, is to put it behind you and go get the victory. Okay. And were that, the Yankees winning? Yeah, the Yankees were winning like ten nothing at that point. So then, what? What is the? What is the big deal? What is the point? The Rays are going nowhere. Okay. The Rays are going home in a couple of days. They're not going to the playoffs, and the Yankees are. What do you stand to gain from this? Absolutely nothing. So I have challenged the Yankees and CeCe Sabathia publicly that if you really that, that you should donate the five hundred thousand dollars that Sabathia did not get from, from by being ejected to OSIP. I dare you. Show you step step up to the plate and show that you have the guts to do it. I, I guarantee you they won't. Right. And and that'll just show and, and this is coming from a Yankee fan. Okay, I bleed pinstripes. But what you did was gutless and immature and shows your inadequacies. Shows that you do not think about your actions. You've lost me as a fan, Cece. So step up to the plate and donate five hundred thousand dollars and get me back. How about that, Yankees? How about that? Major League Baseball, show put your money where your mouth is. Argue that. Great. Great. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. Moving on to a similar subject, the Major League Baseball Umpires Association is back in the news for basically stepping up again and saying the commissioner's office needs to do something about what's happening with players attacking officials again. Not violently, but verbally especially with social media. Let me give you two examples recently that have caused this to stir. In Toronto, again with the Rays, the Rays were in Toronto for a game. Home plate umpire Andy Fletcher rung up Carlos Gomez for a strike three pitch that was borderline a strike. I think I think by the by the metrics that I saw on close call sports, it missed the strike zone by less than an inch, you know, or missed oh, being really? missed. It missed being deemed a correct <laughs> call by an inch or so. Okay. Okay. Uh, Gomez got himself ejected, and then Gomez decided to go onto social media. I believe it was on Periscope, and go on a tirade about Andy Fletcher, saying that he missed at least 50% of his calls that night. The the call that he missed on him was six feet outside or whatever the case what? may be, you know. And basically basically just went on this 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 ridiculous tantrum about about Fletcher. Gomez has since been fined. Similarly, a few days later in Chicago, the White Sox were hosting the Cubs and Javi Baez slid into second base legally to break up a double play. Okay, and remember, we have the bona fide slide rule. Okay, well, so so basically, 
Uh, Joe West was the umpire at second and deemed no interference. The question became... What, can I... Let's just recap. Yeah. What constitutes interference? Let me, let me actually cite the rule chapter and verse for you. Oh, great. Because this is important. And I think a lot it's of... It's germane to the discussion. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. We're going to go down to... Da, 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 da. Here we go. Okay. Okay. In order to be considered a bona fide slide... Okay. Okay, the following four criteria must be met. Number one, did the runner begin his slide, which means contacting the ground, before reaching the base? Which he did, so yes. Number okay. two, was the runner able and attempted to reach the base with, his, with a hand or foot? Yes. Okay. Number three, was the runner able and attempted to remain on the base, except home plate, after completing the slide? Yes. Okay. Number four, did the runner slide within reach of the base without changing his pathway for contact? Yes. That's it. All right. Okay. Now, the reason that there was a question was because Baez, as he slid in, appeared to have one of his, his hands and his arms go up, okay? And the, to, in attempts to block Well, the, not to block the throw, but I believe what happened was in, in committing the bona fide slide, his hand went up in a way that looked like it was going towards shortstop Tim Anderson's legs as he was trying to make the pivot, okay? okay. The comment for this rule states... Uh, the deliberate, unwarranted, unsportsmanlike action by the runner in leaving the baseline for the obvious purpose of crashing the pivot man on a double play rather than trying to reach the base. Um, basically, it's, it's difficult to gauge what was happening here because Baez did slide properly. You know, and unfortunately, his arm went up in a way that looked like it could have been interference, but it did not violate any rule. So what happened was they uh, challenged the play and they went to replay and the call ended up standing. They did not uh, claim it was interference. So and what happened was Anderson's throw to first, uh, I think, went a little wild. And so they couldn't turn the double play, which is why there was an issue. Um, they said there was no interference. He slid directly into the bag. His hand happened to like come up like this and so on and so forth. There's nothing you mm -hmm. can do about that. So Anderson decided to say to Joe West, you know, did you see his arm? His arm came up and, and grabbed me. And Joe West said to him blatantly, are you arguing the play? Are you arguing the call? Because once it goes to replay, you can't argue. And and." You know, as as Anderson tried to continue having the discussion with him, West ejected him because he continued to argue the play. So in the postgame comments, uh, Anderson basically said something to the tune of, I'm not even going to talk about it. Everybody knows Joe West is terrible. So, I mean, it's really getting to the point of ridiculous because now you've got Gomez and Anderson both doing ridiculous things through the media, through social media to to 
disparaged the umpires. Then there was another smaller incident. Joe West was then in Arizona in the series after that one. And there was a camera, like like a TV camera, that was protruding over one of the railings uh, that designates the media area from the playing field. So West went over and told the cameraman he had to move his camera back by a foot or whatever it was in order to not protrude. And Bob Brenly, the former manager... For, for their safety. For, for safety. Um, Bob Brenly, the former manager of the Diamondbacks, who won the 01 World Series and now current color commentator on uh, Fox Sports Arizona for the D-backs, then went on a tirade basically saying, so let me get this straight. You can see that, but you can't, you know, properly officiate balls and strikes and safes and outs. You know, really a, a real ridiculous jab that was not necessary because it doesn't it doesn't pertain to anything. One's not directly correlated to the other. In all of these instances, Joe West is following, you know, the, the rules as as laid forth for him. You know, and, and people just assume that he's trying to make it about himself, you know, and. I think what what doubles down on all of this is that as the Umpires Association is calling for the commissioner's office to step up and change this, the the, the general public uh, retaliate on social media with with incredibly poor comments directed towards the umpires, saying "You guys should be fired. You guys are terrible." This that blah 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 blah. Um, so it's really almost like a I mean, I pointing I, fingers. Yeah, it's like a like a playground. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and you know what? I, I hesitate to call it like this because there are, it's obviously not exactly like this, but it's almost like a civil rights type of uh, of of issue in that this this marginalized group that is put down in umpires. And I'm not trying to say that umpires should be equated to the 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 people who who, you know, suffered such atrocities during the civil rights movement and and during the 20th century because they're 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 clearly not anywhere near the same plane but the the similarities are that this marginalized group is basically being told you're not worthy of our sympathy of our empathy of us listening to what you have to say and so we're going to just continue to put you down when all they want is to be treated fairly you know and and that's that's not right so we stand with you, MLB umpires, and, uh, and, and hope that people come around and say that, you know what, it, we sh- it shouldn't be this way. And it, it comes back to the same kind of point that we always get, get to. You know, you talk about pointing fingers and whatnot. <clears throat> Rather than focusing on what you can control, you focus on what you can't control. You focus on what you think is an injustice. You are doing the equivalent of... As the, as the mountain climber climbs, if he stumbles, instead of picking himself up and continuing up the mountain, he stops and he looks at the spot where he stumbled and starts blaming other people and things for why he stumbled. It's, you know, same thing with the marathon runner. If the marathon runner's running the race and he, and he trips, instead of getting up and continuing on so that he can finish in a good time, you're saying that he's basically going to stop and look at the spot and say, oh, my God, how could this pothole be here? This is ridiculous. This is the fault of the county or the municipality or the state for not paving this road. No. Get yourself up and get on with the race, you idiot. So. Very true. Yeah. Although you got to come up with new material, I really do. I, I, I am I am recycling material. <laughs> 
But your point is made. Yes. I just, I just, it, it drives me nuts. It yeah. absolutely drives me nuts that that this continues to happen. Thoughts? Well, it's it's almost a case of shooting the messenger. Yeah. You know, uh, you have these umpires who are making calls as they see them, mm-hmm. and they have to make decisions in a split second. And like, for example, I think you've told me this when you're determining if someone is out or safe at first base, for example, you have to look at, you have to use your ears as well as your eyes to hear if the ball hits the mitt as the, or the foot touches the bag first. Exactly. And if one happens before the other, that's what you base your call on. So you got to use your ears, your eyes, you got to look at two things at once. It's what, you know, it's funny. You're asking humans to do something that's almost inhuman Mm -hmm. you know like you 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 know it it just but you shouldn't treat them as inhuman right and that's that's the difference as i always say you have the right to disagree with a call you have the right to ask for an explanation what you don't have the right to is uh demeaning or degrading somebody or telling them that they shouldn't have a job, or treating them subhuman because you don't disagree with a call. And we, we see we see the positives all the time, right? Like in the beginning of a game, you're arguing. You're you're not going to argue balls and strikes, but you notice that something's a little outside, and mm-hmm. he still calls a strike. You say, "Is that is that the zone for the game?" Like you ask them. Is that about as far out right. as you're going to go? Right. Is yeah. that is that is that is that just so I know for the future? Yeah. That's fine. Uh huh. Just get it, gauging where they're at. Exactly. That way, and they're, you know what? They're more likely to treat you with respect. Right. Later on. Exactly. Rather than telling someone they should lose their job. Right. That's not going to earn you any favors. No. <laughs> and it's, it's about how you ask it, too. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, you can, you can basically say, do you have that right on the corner? Yeah? Okay. And you know in your mind, like, that didn't have the corner. Right, but he, if he says he had the corner, then guess what? It had the corner, and that's what he's going to try and, and call. And now that you day. have an idea of what uh-huh. his zone is going to exactly. be. That's to your advantage. Uh huh. I always say you can't argue the strike zone in the first three innings. The zone hasn't even been established yet. Mm-hmm. But you can ask about uh-huh. it. Uh huh. Politely, right. nicely, choosing mm-hmm. your words properly. Right. You know, like a human. Exactly. <laughs> it's amazing how. Uh, we and I'm saying that. that. Exactly. And I can't human. Yeah. <laughs> Math is tough for you. It is. So let's see here. We talked about uh, all that stuff. I'm going through my mental checklist. Okay. Talk we, about CC. Yeah. We got one more topic. And that's the roughing the passer penalty in football. Um, there has been some outcry this season because the the... Officials in the NFL have been throwing a lot of flags for roughing the passer. Um, you know, you, there's there's a certain way that you can, you know, it, it sounds almost like counterintuitive because in the sport of football, as you are attempting to go after the guy with the ball, if that person happens to be the quarterback and he happens to release the ball in a pass, as you were going after him and attempting to sack him, all of a sudden, if he's in the motion of passing, 
you know, in a split second, he becomes uh, off limits. Exactly. <laughs> and you have to change your your method in order to um, not attack him in the way that would There's be considered a rule illegal. like that in basketball, too. Yeah, right? basically. It's, okay. ba- you know, it's basically as a person is shooting and there's there's kind of I mean, if you think about it, there there is a certain level of insanity to it. But it's for the protection of the players, right. so that they can participate fairly in in the act and the sport, uh, you know, and in, in trying to do what is necessary to score or to advance or whatever the case may be. Um, anyway, the number of penalties for roughing the passer has increased this year, and we're only through, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season because the 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 point of emphasis has been altered to say that if a defender uses most or all of his body weight to you know uh in in bringing the the quarterback to the ground and and by doing that i mean putting that weight on the quarterback as he's going down that is now a penalty because the quarterback is considered somewhat defenseless as he's trying to attempt a pass so the idea being that if you're going to sack a quarterback who is in the act of trying to pass the football there are a couple of different methods that you can use such as um basically bringing yourself to the side as you bring the quarterback down so instead of having the quarterback be on the ground and you on top of him you can be to the side of him dragging him down and basically forcing him to the ground, but without your body weight on him. I mean, you obviously have some weight because you're using your arms, arms to drag yeah. him down, but you're not laying on top of him, basically. Right. You know? And the NFL actually released a video recently uh, trying to further define this, and they showed eight plays, four plays where it was illegal and four plays where it was legal. Hmm. And, you know, and... and you know, they, they, they continue to try and develop this to say, listen, this is how you can bring the quarterback to the ground without drawing a penalty. And yet the players, the coaches, the media, and the fans are all against this. They're all like, I can't believe this is getting too soft. This is wrong. You know, how, you know, they're, they're, this is no longer football, blah, 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 blah. And, and I just, you know, it's not even about the 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 topic of how dangerous the sport is, which we have discussed ad nauseum. It's more about the complaining. It's more about the inability for people to accept the change of the rule. You may not like it, but it is what it is. It's happening. You know, there's a lot of stuff in life where you don't like what's happening, but you have to go along with it, you know? So... It would behoove everybody to simply just say, okay, these this is the way it's going to be now. If we want to win, if we want our team to win, if we want to root on our team, if we want our team to succeed, it has to be done this way now. So stop complaining about how you don't like it and make the adjustment so that you don't draw the flag. You know, it's again, it goes down to this, this childish mindset to say that, well, if you don't like it, I'm taking my ball and going home. You know, it, it's it's so. I you know you wonder why. You you know people get frustrated over this stuff. It's just it it, it there's psychology involved. 
It is the psychology of saying, of, of being immature about this stuff. Man, I'm really feisty today. You really are. Yeah, I'm really coming at people today. Yeah. Maybe I'm being unsportsmanlike. Just call it... Um, Passion. Can you, are, you have your convictions, yes. so to say. Yeah, I guess that's how you would do it. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I just, it's, I, I guess that kind of sums it up. You know, I don't understand why people just can't get it through their thick skulls that the times they are a changing and we are evolving. You know, we see this a lot in different places in life where we're so set on the norm that we refuse to evolve. We refuse to mature. We, re- we refuse to consider the possibility that there's something new out there. Well, you know, they always say society only moves as fast as the slowest person. Mm-hmm. So it's even if a majority of the people listening to this right now agree with you and I mean common sense dictates that they should because of that they should listen to this that they sh- you see what I did there ah, ah. yeah okay. <laughs> ah. yeah yeah <laughs> anyway but that they should agree with being civil right because again that's one of the things that sportsman's sportsmanship stems from civility and keeping a cool head. Um, so I feel like it's going to take a while for people to catch up. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you're right. We're evolving as a society. We are becoming more humanitarian aware. Mm-hmm. Um, more aware of people's feelings, more in touch with people's feelings. And this macho, big-headed, this macho man, big-headed game of, well, I'm a man, I don't have feelings. That's got to stop. Yeah. It, because it doesn't help anyone. And, you know... And there's nothing weak about that. No. I find strength in that. Yes. If you can come forward and express your feelings on a situation like we are now. It just takes one person, even if we affect one person differently. I know we're doing our job, our job right. Um, and that's one more, that's one more person to not have to worry about. Right. And that's one step closer to us moving forward as a society. Yes. So we have to think of, you have to think of the big picture. And um, and that in itself is sportsmanship, mm-hmm. good sportsmanship. So yeah, there, there's my two cents. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'm exhausted. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of am too. But this was good. We yes, got, we got a lot out in a short amount of time. Yeah, and and I think really made our point very very strongly. Yes. And as a reminder, let's 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 talk about what we learned today. Number 1, your final thoughts. Yeah, my final thoughts if you will. We will pay the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. <laughs> uh check out the 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 home uh, plate meeting podcast. Number 2, congrats to to hazingprevention.org. 
You know, in a, I was thinking about this this way. We're living in a society now where the voices of those who were victims are becoming strong. You know, um, regardless of your opinion on it, the movements like the Me Too movement and things like that are, are, are paving the way so that people who have been victims of, of, of horrendous acts now feel, you know, uh, safe and empowered to speak their mind and say, they I'm not. They have a voice. Exactly. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to make a commentary on the movement per se. I know that it's very, there's a lot of gray area. Okay. Believe me, I get that. And, and, but that's a subject, that's a discussion for another time. It's more about equating that to something like hazing. And now victims and people who, who are in these situations have the ability to say, you know what, I'm not going to stand for that. I refuse to subject myself to what you're going to do. You know, um, you know, there's that whole idea of, you know, what was it, Groucho, who said, uh, I don't want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member, mm -hmm. you know. So it's kind of the same thing is now maybe people will wake up and say, maybe I don't need to be a part of this club because, you know, be, be, because of what it stands for as a result of this. And I think to further piggyback on what you were saying, hazing comes in all forms. Yes. It's not just physical. Yes. There is emotional hazing. There's verbal hazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, um, there's subliminal hazing. Yes. You know, you could be hazed and don't even realize yep. it. Yep. Uh, so what, but the, the point is what you do or what you do is what you do as a team or an organization when you're hazing, you're sending a message that it's okay. And it's not exactly. You're radiating that message outwards in a negative way. And again, this goes to us just as humans being more aware of our own actions mm -hmm. and us again, going back to the whole, we got to move forward together. Right. Right. So we've got that. Uh, we've got the challenge to the Yankees and CC Sabathia to donate $500,000 to us and to major league baseball to a degree as well. Every time there's an unsportsmanlike ejection, a portion of the fine from that should be donated to the Yosef foundation. I challenge all of you to think about that and to, and to, and to make that happen. Um, we've got the umpires. Uh, people need to take a step back and stop criticizing umpires. Stop it with these with the, with the, the ridiculous notions that uh, you know that that these people are terrible at their jobs or, or that they're they, out to get you. Exactly, it's 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 absolutely asinine. And finally, learn to adapt with regard to the specific example of roughing the passer. The rules have changed. We're trying to make the game safer, okay? Stop it with the, the complaints that this is now becoming a, you know, a weak, soft league. The, the, the times are changing. You can either adapt or die, I believe is the quote. Wow, that's a little... It's very harsh. This, this yeah. elevated pretty quickly. Uh, this really got out of hand. But isn't that, that's someone's quote. I forget whose it is, adapt or die. Um, Charles Darwin. Let's go with that. <laughs> Let's go with that. Maybe I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. But Mr. evolution of the species. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think that puts a nice bow on this. Yeah. So uh, Sean, thank you. Yep. And and once again to everybody, if you'd like to contact the show, it's podcast at osafoundation.org. Always go to osafoundation.org. You can always submit your sportsmanship stories. Uh, we'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to talk about it. We want to hear from you. You can also go to facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Um, I can't wait to stand up again. <laughs>
No, you're gonna stay on the ground like the like the producer engineer that you are. Hazy. No, no. <laughs> this ain't backfire. See? 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 We'll edit that out. Right. We won't edit that out. No. <laughs> well, until until next time, I'm gonna take a I need to take a page from myself. Treat everyone with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.